Welcome to Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message by Daniel Willett. Amen, amen. Good morning, Awaken Life Church. Wow, we've had church already. We could just go home, but God's got more. There's always more, amen. Oh, man. God is so good. I, I'm just excited to, to share with you today. I feel like God's got some, some really awesome things on his heart that he's going to deposit into your life today. But first, I've, I've just got some funny things I want to share with you this morning so we can just laugh a little bit. I love to laugh. So this, I, my criteria is always things that just make me laugh. I have to find something that makes me laugh, and then I, then I write it down or screenshot it and save it. So the first one is this. I danced like no one was watching, but someone was watching, and he thought that I was having a seizure and called an ambulance. I love that one. I think Rick Casto put that on his Facebook. Okay. So we have a couple of memes I want to show you. So this, this first meme that we're going to show, this is if animals took selfies and had social media. About to eat this idiot. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> Hashtag blessed. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. Okay, so this next one you can thank Tia for. She sent this one to me, and I just laughed so hard when she sent it to me. Uh, so this, is, this says, I took, I took my dogs to take their yearly Christmas photo. It's really hard when you have one super photogenic dog and one that's having an ex- existential crisis. <laughs> the one dog looks so happy. <laughs> and the other one's having a, a, an internal struggle there. Oh, man. That's good to laugh. <laughs> Uh, Jesus, we thank you, God. We thank you that in your presence is fullness of joy. We just thank you for joy. We thank you for your presence. We thank you that where there's an open heaven, there's fullness of righteousness, peace, and joy. We thank you our spirit is always connected to the Holy Spirit. Our spirit is always full of joy. Our spirit is always full of peace. Our spirit is always completely righteous. And God, we just pray that today you're just making us more aware of our spirits that are connected to your spirit, Jesus. You're making us more aware of our spirits that are connected to the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we just pray, God, that you are just pulling us out of our soul realm, God, and you are pulling us into the spirit realm today. And we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It was so good to have George and Banov with us last week. He's just one of my heroes. That was a bucket list thing for me, and I believe he's going to come back. He loved our church. He loved our church. He loved the worship, and he mentioned it. He wasn't feeling his best, but he said during the worship and during when he was speaking, he said he just felt perfectly normal. He just felt great in the presence of the Lord, and what a sweet man. Love him so much. Got to spend a little time with him afterwards, and uh Awesome, awesome man. Just love him. So we're in an interesting season. And I'm, I'm talking about spiritually. I'm not talking about necessarily with like 
pandemic and political climate and all that stuff. That's, that's interesting too. And I'm talking about spiritually. I feel like the church and, and us as Christians, we're in an interesting season. And one of the things when, we're, when we are listening in our spirit to what's happening in the spiritual realm is the Lord starts to show us like what he's doing in each season. And we want to become in tune with that because the world is demanding our attention 24-7, right? It's like, it's appealing to our, our soul realm. It's appealing to our physical realm and it's asking for our attention, but we actually want to see and hear what's happening in the spiritual realm. And it's much different, by the way. It's much different than what's happening in this soul earthly realm. So it's an interesting season, and I just want to release some things prophetically to you this morning. I believe God is clearing away the noise in this season. He gave me this picture of, like, you know, and this has probably happened to every single person here, but you're, you lay in your bed, and it's like, oh, you're, you, just, you just washed your sheets, and your bed's so comfy, and... You got just the perfect, your comforter, you got your favorite pillow, and you're just like, oh, I'm just about to go into sleep, and this is just so, I'm just so comfortable, I'm at peace right now, and all of a sudden, there's this little, anybody ever had that happen? A little bug flying around your head, and what happens to your peace? You're like, I just lost my peace. This little tiny insect that weighs less than an ounce has caused me to lose my peace, and I'm like, it's, peace is gone. This thing must die now. And so the Lord gave me that picture. And I believe God wants to clear away the noise, the, the buzzing around our head, these little tiny insects. God wants to clear away the noise so that we can hear what he's doing in this season. God's doing something amazing in this season. He's up to something, and if we get bogged down in the natural realm or what's going on on you know, Fox News or whatever news station you listen to, it takes us out of what God is saying and, and for us to do in the season and what he's actually speaking, and that's what we actually need to be in tune with. We need to be in tune with what he's doing. So God is clearing away the noise in this season. We need to press into that. God wants to restore excitement. He wants to restore excitement. Some of you had like such excitement in the Lord at some point and it's like kind of waned and waned and waned and the cares of this world has kind of beat that down and you feel like kind of heavy. And God wants to actually restore that excitement. He wants to distinguish or extinguish that noise and bring your excitement back. God wants to bring refreshing. He wants to bring refreshing. He's always pouring out his refreshing love. There is a fountain flowing from heaven, and it's always just flowing out refreshing and peace and love, and it's just constantly flowing. It's never not flowing. So the, so the only thing is, are we in tune with it, are, are, or do we have distractions all around us or our cares of this world that are weighing us down, that are keeping us from experiencing that fountain of life that's flowing all the time over us? God wants to bring refreshing. This is a refocusing season. A lot of us got distracted in the last season. And this is a refocusing season where God is like bringing our attention back to him. And he's like, keep your attention here. Don't be so concerned with what's happening here. We are going to be aware of that. And we can bring the kingdom to it. But you have to start with your attention here. So you know what I'm doing in the earth. Then we can respond to what's happening in the earthly realm. We are called to bring the kingdom in the earthly realm. But we have to be in tune with what God's doing. 
because otherwise we're fighting it flesh to flesh. We're trying to do something in our own intellect. We're trying to do something in our own strength. In Zechariah 4.6, he says, it's not by strength. It's not by might that this is the, this is the physical realm. He says, it's not going to happen in the physical realm by your intellect, by your hard work. It happens by my spirit. So we're in tune with the spirit to see what the spirit is saying and what the spirit is doing. This is a refocusing season. And, and uh, actually, uh, my friend Levi just prophesied over Joy and I the other day about digging wells. And I felt like, I was like, oh, this is for me. But I also felt like this is for the church and I want to release it to you guys. But he was talking about digging wells. He's like, you're in a season and you're, you're digging a well. And I feel like God gave me some things on that. As you dig a well, sometimes the ground gets harder as you go down. You're dig- especially in Arizona, the ground is hard to begin with. It starts out hard and it gets harder and there's boulders and our friend just, or our uh, neighbors just built a pool. There's this huge pile of dirt in front of their house and it's got all these massive boulders that have just been sitting underground for you know, thousands of years and now they've been unearthed. And I'm sure it was difficult as they're digging down. They're like, whoa, just hit a major boulder. So as we're digging wells, sometimes the ground gets harder as we go down and we get discouraged and we're like, this isn't going to happen. The enemy is always attacking your hope. Ah, this is hopeless. Give up. We throw down our shovel. I just prophesy over you this morning that some of you are to pick your shovel back up. You were digging a well and you got discouraged. And the Lord is saying, time to pick it back up. Time to pick it back up. Time to embrace hope. Time to speak my words over your situation and start to dig again. And this is going to bring breakthrough in your life. Some of you have like whole nother streams of income that the Lord spoke to you and you gave up on it. And he's like, I still have it for you. Pick your shovel back up. Some of you have just personal breakthroughs that you've given up on. He's like, I want you to dig on this one. I want you to dig. I got breakthrough here. And you're, you're like, this is getting too hard. I give up. I'm giving up on my healing. I'm giving up on this struggle that I have. It, it is what it is. God still loves me, and that's true. But he has breakthrough for you. He has breakthrough for you. So sometimes that ground gets hard and it gets discouraging, but God says, pick the shovel back up. Another thing is the deeper you dig, the, there's less daylight. The farther you go down, it seems like this is, this is getting worse. I can't see the, the light anymore. But when you hit the water, refreshing comes. Life comes and it's exciting. And it's a whole other realm of God's blessing that he wants to unleash in your life. So this is a refocusing season. So I want to talk about Romans 5 for a minute. And it's exciting when we hit water, and I just prophesy over you, a lot of you are to pick, pick up your shovel again, and you're going to hit water. You're going to hit water. Sometimes it starts with just a little trickle, but then the next day the whole thing's filled up with water. So it's exciting to hit water, But when we're in the spirit, when we're living in this place in the spirit, we have excitement in the journey, in the digging. We're not digging and saying, I'm going to have joy when I get to the water. But God wants to give you excitement and joy in the process, in the journey. Romans 5, 3 through 5 says this. This is Passion Translation. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence. 
God teaches us to have joy in the waiting when we're connected to the Spirit. He'll give us joy in the digging process. We can have joy in the midst of pursuing Him, in the midst of the battle, in the midst of the struggle, even in times of trouble. We have a joyful confidence. Steve Backlund, he's famous for saying this, you don't need joy at the end of the battle. You need joy in the middle of the battle. The joy of the Lord is your strength. This is Nehemiah 8.10. When the Lord gave Nehemiah this scripture, they were in the middle of the battle. Or when, he, when he spoke that, when the Lord spoke that to Nehemiah, they were in the middle of the battle. He's like, he's like my people are getting tired. They're getting weary. We need strength. And, and, and then he says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. That's going to be our strength in the middle of the battle. So you don't need joy at the end of the battle. You need it right now in the midst of the battle. And when you're connected to what's happening in the spirit, you'll always be overwhelmed with his joy because there's never not joy in his spirit. There's never not peace in his spirit. And you're connected to the spirit. 1 Corinthians 6.17 says, he who joins his spirit, this happened when you got saved, he who joins his spirit to the Lord is one spirit with him. So you're connected to joy, and your spirit's always at jo- in joy. And we're going to talk about that more in a second. So it says, even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence, knowing that our pressures will develop in us patient endurance. And patient endurance will refine our character God wants to refine our character. He's still refining my character. How many know you're perfect and complete in Christ? And at the same time, God's refining your character. When it says you're perfect and complete in Christ, this is talking about your spirit. Your spirit's perfect and complete in Christ in every way. It's full of joy. It's full of peace. And we're going to let that realm impact the soul realm, our emotions, our mind. God wants to refine our character. Improving character leads us back to hope. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy. Don't believe the lie of the enemy that what you're hoping for is just a disappointing fantasy. This is what happens when we're digging. We're digging and we hit the hard ground. And the enemy starts to whisper. He's like, this is hopeless. This is hopeless. Give up. You're never going to, it's not going to happen for you. It's not going to happen for you. And we, we so often, without realizing it, take that lie and partner with it. And then he's, he's got victory over you. It becomes what the Bible calls a stronghold. The stronghold is what's keeping you from experiencing more of God and the breakthrough that God has. Don't believe the lie of the enemy that what you're hoping for is just a disappointing fantasy. The Bible says hope does not disappoint. John G. Lake, we've been reading about him in our family. And our, it's really been interesting. It's been fun. Our kids have like really just like embraced like his story. They're like, we want to read, we want to read more about John G. Lake. And he dared to hope for healing for his wife in a church culture and in a, in a culture um, in, the, in America and all around the world, they weren't going after healing. In fact, he was told the right thing to do and the spiritual thing to do is embrace that your wife is going to pass on, that she's going to die. You need to accept it. You need to embrace it. And he went home and he said he felt like in his spirit, he said, I felt like God had been insulted. He's like, man, that, that just rubs my spirit the wrong way. God, I feel like, I feel like you've been insulted. His wife had a terminal disease. 
And they're like, his, his pastors and people around him were like, you need to let her go. You need to let her go and you need to be at peace with this is God's will for her to die. And he's like, God, I feel like you've been insulted. And he throws his Bible open. This is such a great story. I love this story. He, in frustration, throws his Bible on his kitchen table and it opens to Acts 10. And he said, if ever God pointed out a verse to man, to, to a person, he's like, this was a time where God was highlighting a verse. He throws it open, it opens to Acts 10, and he looks right to verse 38, and it says, Jesus came to destroy every work of the enemy. And he said, that's it. I am done. I am done questioning, is this God's will or not? He goes, sickness is a work of the enemy, and Jesus came to destroy every work of the enemy. I do not accept that I have to let my wife go. This is a work of the enemy, and Jesus paid for this. God radically healed her. She got healed. He, I love the story. He, he, he just decided, okay, she's going to get healed on this date, on this time. And he sent out telegrams to everybody who would pray for her and said, I'm praying for my wife and commanding healing. At this date, at this time, I want you to agree with me. At that moment, like everybody around the earth, of course, we didn't have social media or anything like that. This is like 1900s. And he's like, I want you to agree with me that at this time and pray at this time that she's healed. And he, at the exact time he said, he prays for her. And she jumps out of bed. She could barely get out of bed. She jumps out of bed and she goes, praise God, I'm healed. Completely healed. That was awesome because before I heard that story, when, my, uh, when the Lord healed my back, I had, I had like a serious back injury and I went to bed that night and I'd gotten prayed for by my, my daughter and by my wife and they were just declaring healing, but I went to bed with a really jacked up back. Something was majorly wrong. And in, I had dreams that night that God was healing me and in the dreams I got out of bed and I said, praise God, I'm healed. I'd never heard that story until recently. Exact same thing, praise God, I'm healed. That's what she said. I'm fired up today. John G. Lake dared to hope for healing for his wife. It was the attack of the enemy that was like over, it was like a shadow over the church. Don't believe for healing. That was, that was not, that's not for today. That happened then. It's not happening now. And it was a lie of the enemy that had created a stronghold church-wide. And it took one man to, to say, no, that is not God. That is not my Jesus. The enemy is at war against your hope because your hope is powerful. Hope is a type of faith. Hope is believing for something before you see it. Believing God is good. No, he is good. He wants to heal. He wants to heal. He wants to bring life. He doesn't want me to struggle. He doesn't want me to, to struggle financially. He doesn't want me to struggle in, in, in my physical body. Some of you need a hope dealer, not a dope dealer, a hope dealer. Chad Deadman. <laughs> Ch Chad Deadman talks about this. He he would he had a bunch of people that he was leading, and he's like, okay, you guys are gonna be hope dealers. And he's like, you're gonna pray and ask the Lord to put someone on your heart. And then they would reach out to people and be like, hey, God put you on my heart. I'm your hope dealer for the next 10 days. And he would just call them every day and they'd speak life over him and hope over him and prophesy over him. And they, they have such crazy stories. They have stories like somebody reaches out and says, hey, I'm going to be your hope dealer for the next 10 days. And they're like, I was literally contemplating suicide as the phone rang. And I was like, well, I'm here to, I'm here to bring hope. 
The enemy's trying to bring destruction. I'm bringing hope and life. So God wants to give you joy in the waiting. The enemy's trying to rob you of your joy in the waiting. You can have joy in the waiting. Romans 5, to just finish that passage, it says, This hope is not a disappointing fantasy because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Amen. We can now experience the cascading love of God. His love is always cascading out of heaven. And when we begin to hope, when we begin to just say, I'm going to connect to the spirit where there's always joy and I'm going to have hope. And through this process, we are connected and we're starting to become aware of his love that's just cascading out all the time. It's always flowing from the throne of heaven. We're always connected to that. So that I love that passage. It says, joyful confidence in times of trouble leads to patient endurance, leads to refined character, which leads to hope. And then we experience the love of God that's cascading into our hearts. So I bless you with joyful confidence in your journey of whatever you're going through right now. I bless you with joyful confidence of just knowing if you're struggling with, struggling with a physical issue, I bless you with joyful confidence until you see that thing completely healed. Don't despise the time of challenge. It's part of the process. It's part of the process. It's part of the process. Don't despise the time of challenge, but, but lean into like what the Lord is saying through the process. In this world, Jesus said this. It's the, it's the most awesome negative verse in the Bible. In this world, you have trouble. Jesus said this. In this world, you will have trouble, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. That's joyful confidence in him. Okay. In this world, you will have trouble, but be of good cheer because I have overcame the world. You're tapping into that like, okay, Jesus, you've overcome and I'm tapping into that. I'm not trying to do this on my own. You've already overcome. I just believe God wants to release courage. He wants to release courage for the battle, for the challenge, for the well that you're digging. Without courage, David never gets to the palace. He never gets there. He had to step into this place of trust in God and and have the courage to actually face Goliath. Without courage, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they would have just bowed down to the idol. But God gave them the courage, and they had courage to say, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not bowing down. I just want to prophesy over specifically, like, for young people. I feel like I saw this with my daughter, and it just so encouraged me. But I just prophesy over young people that God is giving you a strong conviction for his truth in this hour, and it's going to make us jealous, jealous of the people that are, there's fathers and mothers. We're going to see like a conviction for what God values in a way that we've not seen before, where our young people stand up and say, no, I'm not going along with that. I'm not going to bow down to that. I don't care what culture says. I'm not going along with abortion. 
I'm not going along with what the world says, how they want to redefine sexual orientation. No, I'm not bowing down to that. And we're going to see our young people rise up and it's going to challenge us. It's going to be like, whoa, you have more conviction than I do for that. The lie of the enemy is the conviction is going to get less and less and less. That's a lie. The conviction is going to actually rise up and we're going to see it like, whoa, that challenges me. I want to read Colossians 2.2. 2. It says, I am contending for you that your hearts will be wrapped in the comfort of heaven and woven together into love's fabric. This will give you access to all the riches of God as you experience the revelation of God's great mystery, Jesus Christ. Amen. I want that. I want my heart wrapped in the comfort of heaven. We can have that. Okay, I'm going to transition. This is what's been on my heart this week, really heavy. I want to talk about the relationship, and we've been talking about it already, but I want to talk about the relationship between spirit, soul, and body. So we, a lot of this is going to be review, but I believe God's going to connect some dots for you this morning that maybe you've never connected before. So we know we are three parts. Amen? God is three parts, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and he created us in his image to be three parts. We have a body, that's one of the parts. We have a spirit that will live forever with Jesus in heaven. And we have a soul that's our mind, will, and emotions. And by the way, only two of those out of the three is eternal. We know our body is not eternal. This thing is going to, it's, it's withering, it's wasting away, and it's going to die. But our spirit is increasing is what the Bible says. On the, out, the outward man might be withering, but the inward man is increasing. So we, we are three parts. We're spirit, soul, and body. And the Lord's just been speaking to me. Uh, Georgian touched on it last week, and he said some really cool things. And I'm kind of slingshotting off of some of the things that he said. So there's a lot of mystery behind spirit, soul, and body connection. There's a lot of mystery in that. But I believe that when we start to get some revelation on it, uh, a lot of the scriptures that maybe we've read a million times start to come to, to, to life. So Jesus said this. Let me start with this. Jesus said, he who believes in me will never die. This is really interesting. He who believes in me will never die. So obviously, there's a couple things we get from that is he's not talking about our body. He's not talking about, put your, put your hand up. Hey, look, look at that. It's pretty neat but that's not actually who you are. This, this is the part of you that's not eternal. Jesus said, he who believes in me will never die. He wasn't talking about this physical body. This is going to die. So he was talking about something else. He said, he who believes in me will never die. He was talking about your spirit. Your spirit said, now, now get this, he, he who believes in me will never die. He's talking about your spirit. So he who has received Jesus Christ will spend eternity with him in heaven. And that's Jesus' definition of your spirit not dying. So another way you could say that is if he who doesn't believe in me will die. 
your, their spirit. So Jesus's definition of death is disconnection, your spirit disconnected from God. Is this making sense? He who believes in me will never die. That's our spirit. So when we join our spirit with the Holy Spirit, our spirit will never die. It'll always be in communion with Jesus forever. But he who doesn't believe in me, they're going to die. And Jesus' definition of that is being disconnected from God. Apparently, God's definition is the same because remember what he said in the garden? He said, if you eat of this tree, you are going to die. Did they die a physical death immediately? They did eventually. But they didn't die a physical death immediately. But God's definition was, I am spiritually connected with you, like in perfect communion with you right now. And if you eat of that, you're removing us from being in perfect communion. That's death. To God. That's God's definition of death. That's what Jesus came to restore to us. So your body, so Jesus said, he who believes in me will never die. So your body is not who you are, number one. But number two, what we get out of that is Jesus defines death as being cut off from God. So the spirit and the soul will remain with you forever. How many know God's not going to give you like a, he's not going to remove your will in heaven? He's not going to remove your emotions in heaven. Can you make a bad decision in heaven? Lucifer made a bad decision in heaven. Do you think God's going to remove our will when we get to heaven and we just can only choose good? I don't think so. I think, I think that in heaven, it's going to be really hard to make a bad decision. Because we're just fully engulfed in the presence of God. Like the Bible says that the light of heaven is actually God himself. So we're fully engulfed in the presence of God and our emotions are just going to come alive like never before. And our will is still going to be fully there. We can choose God, God values freedom really highly. Our will is still there. We can choose to serve him, choose to love him, or we can choose what we want. Our will is always going to be there. So your, your spirit is the eternal part of you, but your soul is also going to remain. Your emotions, your mind, your ability to, to have a will, to choose, it's still going to be there. Amen. Where do I want to go from here? Whoever joins his spirit with the Lord is one spirit. This, this verse has really just been penetrating my heart. Whoever joins his spirit with the Lord is one spirit with him. So your spirit's connected to Holy Spirit. Your spirit that's connected to Holy Spirit is always in the fullness of joy. It's always in fullness of peace. It's always completely righteous. And the, and the presence of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's what your spirit is connected to, the Holy Spirit, fully righteous, full of peace, full of joy all the time. There's never not joy in the Spirit. Always joy in the Spirit. This is why we can confidently say that we're perfectly righteous in God's eyes. Can Jesus live in a dirty house? Can the Holy Spirit live in a dirty house? He cannot. That's why Jesus, through his death on the cross, made you perfectly righteous by your acceptance of it. You're perfectly righteous in your spirit realm. 
And that's where the Holy Spirit is in perfect communion with you. That's where Jesus is in perfect communion with you. Colossians 2.10 says this, And in him you have been made complete, and he is the head over all rule and authority. So I just got to share this story with you. Georgian wasn't feeling his best the day he was here. He's been experiencing like fatigue. Uh, he just came off a whole week conference. And uh, he's like, I'm the most, and this is, I can attest to this. He's like, I'm the most like energetic person in the world. And he's like, and I'm, I've been experiencing like some fatigue. And so I'll share this with you. He, he's, I almost was wondering like, you know, he could have just canceled. He could have just stayed home. If I'm 72 and I'm not feeling good, I don't know, I might have stayed home. And I asked him, um, you know, of course we'd have been disappointed, but we'd have understood. And so I just asked him like, you know, why'd you come? You know, <laughs> you're not feeling good. And he goes, I knew that I'll feel better here in the presence of the Lord than I would laying in my hotel bed. He goes, I, I know that I would. He said, I had to come. And he said, I also wanted to honor my commitment to you guys. He said, but I knew I'd also literally feel better just being in the presence than, than just laying in my bed. So I'm with George, and, and I took him over to, to Maricopa, and we had probably a, a good two hours together. Kind of freaked me out because I was driving fast to try to get him there. And I got a, he got a text, and it says, tell your driver to slow down. And I was like, how do they know I'm going fast right now? <laughs> and the rest of the text said, tell them to slow down because we're not ready for you yet. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Tripped me out for a second. Yeah, running with prophetic people is weird, man. They know things. Freaked me out for a second. So I'm with him, and he's just like, you know, there's something so powerful. He was sharing this last week about the Spirit and how, you know, the Spirit knows things that our mind doesn't know yet because it's connected to God. It's connected to the Holy Spirit. That's why you're going to have moments in your life where your spirit knows something that your mind doesn't no, and there's going to be something that comes out of your mouth, and you're like, whoa, that's weird, because that's not what I was thinking. And I want to share some stories of that later. But I'm with Georgian, and he's just like, his, I, I just think it's like his spirit knew my spirit's just hungry. I'm just like around this man, and he's just been such an inspiration. And so he's just like, without even trying, he's just dropping like wisdom and truth on me. And just like about all kinds of stuff, about our church building. And he's not even feeling good. And he's just like, wisdom's just coming out. And by the way, when I was around him, like for two hours, I just felt like just, just this peace coming off of him. Just like, he's not feeling good. He's literally like laying back in his chair. And it's like, peace is just coming off of him. Joy is just coming off of him. And just being around him, I was like, whew, this is Jesus. I was like, he doesn't even have to talk. I'm just in his presence. I'm just feeling like I'm encountering God. It was awesome. So, we're going up to his hotel room. We, I, t I dropped him off at, <laughs> at the, the casino. That's where his hotel room was. But it just seemed kind of funny. We give him his offering and we go right to the casino. <laughs> so we walk through the casino and, you know, you have to walk through the lobby and all the and you're going. And so these two ladies are taking him to his hotel room and I'm just carrying his luggage. I'm just wanting to be around him as much as I can. And we're walking, and he's walking, he's walking really slow. And they're, they're walking kind of ahead of us, and I'm just tracking with them, you know, pulling his bags. And he just, <laughs> Jesus. I don't know if this will have the same impact to you, but it's just like, it's powerful to me. But we're just walking, he's walking about this fast. 
And he hadn't said anything about five minutes. All of a sudden, he looks at me as we're walking up to the hotel, and he goes, complete in Christ. He goes, that's your spirit. Your spirit's complete in Christ. He goes, and we need to let our spirit transform our soul. Just out of nowhere. Good stuff. He just really blessed me. And in him you have been made complete. You have been made complete. Your spirit's complete in joy. Your spirit's completely righteous. Your spirit's completely full of peace. And the more we become aware of that, that's what happens like even even like in worship today. We're just becoming aware of like our spirit, like what's happening in the spirit. And that starts to just overflow into our soul. We want our spirit to impact our emotions and our intellect. And we want our spirit to lead We want it to lead our emotions and lead our mind, and we want it to lead our physical bodies. And this is what we can access in Christ. Your spirit's perfect. I love what Georgian said last week. He's like, like, you know, your, your spirit's just perfect. He's like, your soul? I don't know. I don't know what's going on in there. Could be all kinds of stuff going on in there that's not perfect. But your spirit's perfect. And he goes, and this just encouraged me. He's like, when I'm trying to connect with someone, I'm trying to connect to their spirit where my Jesus is. He's like, I can connect with anybody if I get to that. It doesn't matter what's going on in their mind. We want to go past mind, will, emotions and go right to spirit. This is what we do in evangelism. This is why in evangelism, we're not trying to appeal to someone's intellect. That's flesh to flesh. That's like, I'm going to use this mind this thing up here to try to appeal to someone and try to intellectually argue them or convince them into being a Christian when all we do is we speak through the Spirit. We share the gospel message. The gospel is the power unto salvation. We share the simple gospel message. This is who Jesus is. This is what he does. And Spirit speaks to Spirit. It bypasses their intellect. And we see it every week, and it's really fun. It's one of the really fun things about evangelism where spirit speaking to spirit. This young man, the first person we talked to yesterday, he gave his heart to Jesus. And it happened in like four minutes. It was just like, hey man, we're just asking people. He was like probably 17. He's waiting to, to go take his shift. And he's, he's in front of his, his you know, place where he's going to go and, and go work. And we just talked to him and just shared Christ just really simply. This is who Jesus is. This is what he did. And I said, just put out your hands right now. And I could tell that he was like just eating it up. Spirit was speaking to spirit. I said, put out your hands. He put out his hands. And I said, Holy Spirit, come. And I just waited. And I said, what are you feeling right now? And he goes, I feel like someone's holding my hand. And I just said, do you want to receive Jesus right now? I said, the presence of God is here. Jesus loves you. He wants your heart. Do you want to receive Jesus right now? He says, yes right there in front of his getting ready to go to work. Led him to the Lord. But we can't do that when, when intellect is speaking to intellect. We're speaking spirit to spirit. It's one of the revelations I've had in evangelism. It's just made me come alive. I'm like, wow, this is so powerful. Because if we think we're getting out there intellect to intellect, it's scary. It's like, I got to convince people to join this club. It's like... <laughs> It's like you're selling Amway or something. It's like, let me convince you how good this is. And we, you want to be a part of this club. It's like, it's so much easier to just share the simple gospel, gospel and the power of God comes. 
The power of God comes and spirit speaks to spirit. You are perfect in God's eyes. Your spirit's perfect. That's why you can be fully confident that if you, if you die when you leave this place, even if you just cuss someone out on the way out today and you die in a car accident, if you're truly saved, your spirit's perfect, you're going directly to heaven. They actually used to preach in, in the days of old, and God bless them, they were trying their best. But they used to just preach like, hey, if you, if you went out and sinned and you die on the way home, you're going to hell. Like, how weak is the blood of Jesus in that? It's strong enough to, to, to get you saved, but as soon as you sin, it loses its power. there is righteousness peace and joy in the holy spirit okay i want to end with just a few verses i've just been reading verses that talk about spirit and talk about soul and talk about body and there's here's some interesting verses and these are verses you probably heard and i'm hoping though that you're going to see them in a different light and that there's going to be some dots connected today Romans 8, 6 says this, for the mind set in the flesh is death. Okay, this is, I looked it up, it's flesh, it's body. It's this body. It's not, not even talking about, like, I, I thought, maybe it's talking about, like, the earthly realm. Maybe that's another context of it. It's not. When you look it up, it's talking about your body. Like, your mind focused on this is death. But the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. Talking about the flesh, part of us. By the way, we love our flesh. It's okay. We take care of it. I believe exercise, eat right. That's all good. Let's take care of this body. The Bible also says this is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Let's take care of it. But the mind consumed with this, we see it, you know, it's really sad when you see Hollywood celebrities when they just like, the, the, this starts to wither and they just like can't handle it. And they do all these surgeries and... It's like because they're consumed with this. It's like this. They're like this is this is what got me famous. This is the money maker, and this is this is. It's all about this this body, and when it starts to wither, it's like really hard for them, and actually feel for them. So for the mindset in the flesh is death, but the mindset in the spirit is life and peace. This is what this this is what I feel like is part of this season. Is like God's taking us out of focused on this, out of focused and letting our mind lead, letting our emotions lead, and into this realm of the spirit where the spirit's going to lead. And in that place, we find life and peace. Zechariah 4.6 says this, not by might, nor by power, that's the flesh, might and power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Galatians 5.16 says this, walk by the Spirit and you'll not carry out the desires of the flesh. There we go. All these verses, Spirit, flesh, flesh, Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. Be in tune with what's happening in the Spirit, with what the Holy Spirit is saying, with what's the joy that's overwhelming your spirit, the joy that's always in your spirit, the peace that's always in your spirit, the righteousness that you have perfectly paid for by Jesus Christ. If you're in tune with that, you'll not walk in the desires of the flesh. The Bible also says the desires of the flesh is contradictory to the desires of the Spirit. They war against each other. And so one is going to rule in our life. 
And we need to walk by the Spirit, and we let our spirit lead the flesh. Your spirit is meant to lead your soul and your body. Your spirit is meant to be in the driver's seat. Your intellect's not supposed to be in the driver's seat. Man, there's so many amazing, smart people in this world that are 10 times smarter than me, but their intellect is in the driver's seat and it's taken them to death. It's taken them into a path of death. There's super, super smart, genius people who die like holding on to atheism and they're like, my intellectual brain has taken me to this, this is this atheism thing and I'm holding on to it and it takes them to death. Your intellect's not supposed to be in the driver's seat. Your emotions are not supposed to be in the driver's seat. Your spirit's supposed to be in the driver's seat that's connected with Holy Spirit. And then you lead your emotions. You lead your intellect. Do you know one of the ways you can lead your intellect is declarations? I loved all the declarations today. What are you doing when you're declaring something? Some people think, oh, declarations are hokey, whatever. This is what's happening in the spirit when you're making declarations. You're speaking things that God has said by the Spirit. And you're saying, brain, this is what we're going to believe. That's using your spirit to direct your flesh, to direct your brain. Brain, you're a terrible master, but you make a great servant. I value you. And I'm telling you what to think. You're not going to tell me what to think. I'm going to tell you what to think by the Spirit. No weapon formed against me can prosper. God will provide for all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Brain, it's your job to believe that. Meditate on that. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Brain, this is your job. Believe that. Meditate on it. Direct your flesh with your spirit. That's what declarations are about. And you partner with hope because there's hope in the Holy Spirit. There's complete hope at all times in the Holy Spirit. Mark 16, 17, Jesus said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. The context of this is Jesus has said to his disciples, he's like, hey, who do you guys say that I am? Or who, who do people say that I am? And they're like, oh, some say you're this, John the Baptist, Elijah. Who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And listen to what Jesus says. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh, again, flesh and spirit, flesh did not reveal this to you, but spirit revealed it to you, my father who is in heaven. That's why we can't argue people into the kingdom. It has to be spirit speaking to spirit. Spirit reveals spirit to people. Your spirit is meant to lead your life. Your spirit's full of hope. But often, mind gets in the way. Your emotions get in the way. I love this quote. It's from a man named Francis Frangipan. It says, any area of your life that's not glistening with hope is under the influence of a lie, and that area of your life has become a stronghold of the enemy. 
any area. What's that? Give <laughs> any area of your life that's not glistening with hope. Think of this. Think of this. I, I love Steve Backlund when he talks about this scripture. He read this and he goes, oh man, before I read that, he goes, I was binding everything that moved. He's like, I was just binding this, binding that. And he's like, and when I read that, I was like, oh my goodness, I need to turn my guns on my own thinking. It's like, my thinking is actually the problem here. What I believe is the problem. Any area of your life that's not glistening with hope is under the influence of a lie, and that area of your life has become a stronghold of the enemy. I love I loved that. Like, Lord, help me. So the Spirit, when you're connected to the Spirit, there's never not hope. Every area of your life, when you're connected in that Spirit, He's going to show you His vision, His hope for it, His life for it, and there's always an answer in the spiritual realm. There's never going to be a, something that's too big for God that God's just like, well, that's, I didn't expect, I didn't see that one coming. That's, that one's too big. You're allowed to be hopeless in that. Wendy Backlund, Steve's wife, she was talking to the Lord one day, and she goes, Lord, there's got to be some things that are just hopeless, right? And the Lord spoke to her and said, you're allowed to be hopeless over anything that I'm hopeless about. There's so much in this. I feel like we could probably talk about it again next week, and maybe we'll do that. I want to end with this. Your spirit knows things that your mind doesn't know yet. I want to tell you a couple of quick stories. We were, uh, my wife and I were praying over this couple that they had tried for over 10 years to have a baby and they weren't having a baby and they thought it was hopeless. And, but we were praying over them. And um, as we're praying for them, out of my wife's mouth, uh, oh, they, they said, maybe, maybe we could just adopt. Uh, as we're, we're kind of praying for them and they're kind of like t- telling us stuff. And they're like, maybe we could just adopt. And my wife just comes out of her. She goes, you can adopt, but then you'll have two kids because God's giving you a baby. And she was like, I love when she tells it. She's like, what did I just say? It's like, that my, I didn't clear that with my mind. That just came out of my spirit. Because the mind's like, whoa, 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 whoa. What did you just say? Your spirit knows things that your mind doesn't know yet. That's why your spirit's meant to lead your mind and not the other way around. Tell you another story. We're in India, and this was just an extreme example of this. This happens often, but this is an extreme example of this. We're in India, and we go into a median, uh, meeting. Joy, uh, Angela was there. Joy was there. Pastor Tina was there. And we start singing. We're in this meeting with in probably the lowest of the low slums in India, and it's like tent city, but like like if you had a cot in this place, you were, that was really good because most people just slept on, the, slept on the dirt with their kids. They just sleep right on the dirt. And so there's just tents like everywhere. And this is their houses. Like most of them are like not even tents. They're like tarps, like a tarp. You got a tarp and you got if maybe a bench and the lucky people had a cot that they could sleep on. And we go to this place to do church. And they're just waiting for us. There's all these people. And we just start to sing, how great is our God? We just barely got there. We weren't there that long. And we're just like, yeah, let's just sing. We're going to sing, how great is our God? Now listen to this. They don't speak English. 
we start to sing, how great is our God, and people start to manifest, demonically manifest. S- several people. They start shaking under the, under the like, presence of God. This demon is like freaking out. People are, and, and we just knew it. We've been around that stuff. So Joy looks at uh, Chris Peter, and she goes, do you mind if we go into deliverance? And he's like, yeah, go, go for it. And so we're just singing the song, and demons start to manifest. And we, I think Joy said, like, hey, if you have, like, spiritual oppression, if you're having, like, bad dreams, like, demonic dreams, or you know you're under spiritual oppression, we want to pray for you right now. Within, like, a couple of minutes, we're being thronged. Like, all four of us, like, all around, people are all around us. I asked this, there was a Obi who was in the video today. She was there. And right when I saw people manifesting, I, like, looked at her, and I goes, do you pray in the Spirit? She goes, yeah. I said, start praying in the Spirit. It's about to go down. <laughs> it's about to go down. So this lady comes up, one of the ones that was manifesting the most, and she, she's standing right next to me, and she's shaking under, like, not the power of God. Like, she looks very demonic. And she's right there. And in my spirit, I knew this. My brain didn't know this, but my spirit knew this. I was like, this is going to be really easy. Jesus was so, like, present in me in that moment. I just felt what was happening in the spirit. And it was like Jesus was saying, like, this is so easy because this thing has to bow to me. And I, and I said it. I said it to the translator. I said, this is going to be so easy. I said, watch this. I said, she's going she's gonna to go down. She's going to get delivered. And she's going to get back up and say, wow, I'm free. That thing left me. And like word for word, like, and all they did was this. I was like, in Jesus' name, and I put my hand, barely touched her head. She slammed to the ground, slammed to the ground under the power of God. And this demon, it went nuts, like when they slammed, she slammed to the ground and it left her. And like, I just kept ministering to people. And like three minutes later, she gets up and she's like, she, I can't understand her, but she's talking to the translator. And he's, he's like, she says like, when she went down the ground, the demon came out and now she feels really good. It's like exactly what I told him she was going to say. My spirit knew something my mind didn't know. Like in my spirit was like saying like, this thing has no chance. This thing is going to leave right now. So I want to end with that. Your spirit knows things that your mind doesn't know. And you want to let the spirit impact you and lead your life. I'm going to give you this last little thing, and we'll probably keep talking about this next week. You can actually speak to your spirit and bless your spirit. It's really simple. You, you are, your spirit's part of you. Your body's part of you. Your soul is part of you. But you can speak to your spirit and say, I bless my spirit to rise up and lead my emotions, lead my body. Spirit, you come to the surface, you lead. My mind's going crazy right now, but I don't want my mind to lead me. Spirit, you lead. We pray this over other people when, when they're just really struggling, maybe they're having some strongholds, or like, hey, I'm just gonna bless your spirit right now. I bless your spirit to rise up. Spirit, rise up. Again, that's it's what Georgian said, he's looking for the Jesus. He's like, Jesus is in there. Hope's in there. Peace is in there. It's, it's powerful in there, and I'm calling that out. Spirit, rise up. Lead. So you can actually bless your spirit when your mind's going crazy, when your emotion's going crazy. Just stop. Whew, I bless my spirit. 
that's connected to Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 6, 17, he who joins his spirit to the Lord is one spirit with him. I bless my spirit to rise up right now to lead. Stand to your feet. I'm going to pray over you. Jesus, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Holy Spirit that you live inside of us. We thank you that our spirit's been joined to the Holy Spirit. We thank you that we're one spirit with you, Jesus. We thank you that we're perfectly righteous in the spirit. We thank you that we have access to the fullness of joy in the Holy Spirit. We have access to the fullness of peace. We're fully righteous in our spirit. And we just pray, God, that we would enter into the spirit realm more and more and more where it begins to transform our mind and transform our emotions. And our emotions actually start to line up with what's already true in our spirit, full of joy full of peace. Your emotions are not bad, but we want to lead our emotions and let the Holy Spirit pour into our emotions joy, peace, always available. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God bless this congregation. We just declare life, life, life. I declare life over your bodies right now. I just declare the life in the spirit. Romans 8.11 says that your spirit will quicken your mortal body. Again, another verse about spirit and flesh. It says your spirit will quicken your mortal body. So I just speak that over you. Anybody you're dealing with issues, with sickness, your spirit is quickening your mortal body and bringing healing right now in Jesus' name. God, I just bless this church that we just walk in divine health. God, that we walk in protection. I just pray protection over each person here. And God, that our spirits would rise up. In Jesus' name, amen.